Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I feel like the Lord wants us to step into something new this morning. So I don't want anyone to be afraid or have your problems or the warfare of the past week block you or delay you. This is a time for us to to step into the new. It's Purim. And why don't you be seated for a minute? I'm going to just share a few things. But first, open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I want to say something. Who's here for the first time? Anybody? Yay, welcome. We welcome you. Yay, welcome. You want to keep your hand up, Bobby, or someone's going to tell you a little bit how we got where we got. And you might get one of these. And I write a prayer each month that goes on the website. I don't know if we've got the video for this month, but we did it in Oxford Street in the pouring rain and the cold. But I want to say something here from First Thessalonians 5.23. You're a spirit. Tell yourself, I am his spirit. Okay? I have a soul. My mind, my will, my emotions, feelings. Whether you're male or female, you still have feelings. Believe it or not. (laughs) You do. And... uh, God wants you to recognize the difference between your spirit, your soul, and your body. Last week, I stood up here and I said, let's turn our back on poverty and disease and strife and foolishness and all the immaturity of the flesh. Let's just turn our back on it and let's stand and focus on God. And then Monday morning, I had a horrendous amount of warfare that came and I went upstairs, got alone, started praying And a huge angel came in the bedroom and said, fear not. Huge. I mean, huge. And Rob was talking about these angels. And yeah, they're silly little things. You can't put in words what you see in the supernatural. It's really quite hard to do that. The best you've got is the Bible. So make a mark. We're having church this morning. Thanks to God. For drawing us here. Yes, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And George Hammer, because God uses natural people. He lets us be here. Let's pray for George. Let's bless him. Come on, we bless George Hammer and we bless him with life and health, provision, goodness, more goodness in the name of Jesus Christ, him and his family. We truly from our hearts we bless him. Amen. So um, I was thinking on Monday about the way we stand, how we stand, you know, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to teach. Whoopsie, here we go. We're starting now. Okay. Put it on there. I do have an iPad my husband bought me, but it doesn't seem to work or charge up or something. I probably have it overloaded. I probably need to get a new one. I don't know. But anyway, um, 
Turn with me to Habakkuk for a minute, which is always hard to find. Here it is somewhere in here. Well, it is quite hard to find. Somewhere in the Old Testament. I spend more time in the New Testament. But Habakkuk 3 in the Amplified, verse 18, 19, if you can pop it up. Because I've been thinking about how do we stand and stay focused on God? You know, and I can't say step one, two, three, because it isn't like that. It depends what's going on in your life, what's going on with your finances, what's going on with your health, what's going on with your head. God will take you. But you can always remember this generalization that if it gets a bit tough, you don't have to start whining and say, oh, I need this, I need that. You can actually say this, like Habakkuk, if you say it that way, said, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will exalt, this is from the Amplified, in the victorious God. You have to have a picture of God's victorious. How's he going to... Sometimes I think we try to get solutions just for immediacy. But actually, God's in the long term. God's like, okay, do this by the book and do this properly. Do it my way. So, trust me, I'm still training myself in this. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. He makes me to walk, not to stand still in terror. It's no good standing the ground being full of fear. That doesn't work. You have to say to yourself, I'm making progress. I'm not standing still here. Whatever comes to you, go to God and find out what God says. God says, when you stand praying, forgive. He's got... He's got I don't want to say this like rules because God isn't like some legalistic being, but he knows what's best for us. You know, God knows what's best for you. He knows where you're going to prosper. He knows the door that's going to open. The door is like I said, Jesus. I'm not waiting for this big door to open and my life to just totally transform itself and change and I change into this other identity. My identity is in Christ. And I have to tell myself that I will walk and not stand still in terror, but walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. I'm, I'm walking. I'm making progress. So when I go through these horrible trials, and we all go through them, you can't say, I felt like the Lord had some of you here this morning because you've been going through warfare and I feel like I've got to step back into the place of bringing warriors to God who is victorious. Is that okay? I'm not trying to turn the church into prayer school, but I'm saying that we need to learn how to pray right. And when it gets too tough, don't say, Oh, it's too tough. Oh, I can't take it. Oh, I've done this and be radical and make yourself a nuisance to everybody else. Say, I am making spiritual progress. My spirit, my spirit, my spirit. 
is coming alive and making progress on my high places of trouble, suffering, privacy, responsibility. My spirit. Sometimes my spirit can just zone out, go to heaven, go into the throne room, go to God in the middle of unbelievable circumstances. Your spirit can do it too because we've been given access. And we've there are unlimited possibilities. God can change anything, do anything, but you have to ask. That's why prayer is so very, very important. You can't just stand, turn your back on the problems and just expect, oh, I just stand here and I'm afraid, but I'm looking at you, whatever else happens. No, you have to make progress. You have to say with your mouth, my kids are blessed, the righteous don't beg. My son doesn't beg. He's blessed. He's prosperous. I'm not having that. You have to fight for the life of your brethren. You have to fight for them, Nehemiah 414 tells them. We have to fight. Those who are spiritually blinded, we cannot count ourselves like them. We have to count ourselves like Christ. And we have to exercise. And sometimes you exercise authority and you think, oh my gosh. I shouldn't have done that. That was pretty out there. But God's just wanting you to be bold. I feel like, you know, God has one conversation. You want a miracle? Put your hand up. Receive it. Receive it. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, your miracles to be released. Whatever's blocking, whatever's holding... Father, we thank you that they're making spiritual progress in the earth to receive the miracle that they need in Jesus' name. Miracles of health, miracles of finances, miracles with relationships, miracles. Father, we thank you. You have made provision, and we put a demand on heaven right now for those miracles. Come on, just to be released, because... There's a God conversation and there's an earthly conversation. And we're not interested in the earthly conversation. We're interested in the godly conversation. So you have to rise up. We rise up and we receive it. We receive it. You receive it. Amen? You receive it. Yeah. The road to the next level is always uphill. You have to be intentional. I need miracles. You need miracles. We need miracles. We need miracles. We need God's intervention. So we need to go uphill, climb up where he is. Yeah, we stand our ground. Had a good week. Everything's been about standing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand. Let God work things out. That's not easy. That's not easy at all. Don't look at me all holy. It's not. I was reading Job this morning, and Job was saying how amazing God was. Can you imagine everything that happened to Job? And then he turns around and says, oh, but you're mighty. I'm just going to try and find what I was reading. I think it was in Job 9. You know... God's not interested in you showing off. You'll get lost showing off. Just going to find Job 9. I want to read you something from here. (laughs) Well, actually, it's at the end of it. 
He's talking about the days when he's talking about you learning to stand in the gap. See, we get mocked, we get persecuted because we love God and we believe God. Huh? Isn't that right? We do. We get knocked, we get put down, but our, our true identity comes out in God. You, if I ask you to, once you just do this, shut your eyes for a minute and go before God. Okay. So what did he look like? Was he able to do what you need him to do? What did you look like? Thank you, Father. You're just changing. You're changing the way we come to you in prayer. We, but you, you've never changed. God has never changed. We're the ones that change. We're the ones that get more confident, become more intentional. So I was reading Job 9 this morning in the Amplified Bible, and verse 4 says, God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has ever hardened himself against him and prospered or ever been safe? Listen, you can say whatever you like. You can argue. You can, have, you can be the greatest arguer who always wins every argument, and it's important to you to win every argument. But God... God just says, hey, that's the person I have handpicked. That's the reason you're in the mess you're in. God has a totally different approach to life than we do. We don't see a way out. We, we don't see, oh, this media stuff is just too big for you. No, it isn't. God knows. He's gifted us and graced us. He's wise in heart. When I read this this morning, I thought about Job. Verse 5, it says, God who removes the mountains. He does. He removes the mountains. We speak to them, but God removes them. See? So we get, we're so, we can get, we're spirit, soul, and body, but so many times we're ruled by our soul. Put your hand on your head and say, I will not be ruled by what my head says. And then put your hand on your chest. I will be ruled by my spirit. I will be changed by what God says. God says I'm the head and not the tail. So the degree that you experience his goodness is where you're at right now. But there's so much more. We're never going to run out. Amen? So it just pays a stand. God who removes the mountains. Look at this in verse 5. And they know it when he overturns them in his anger. You know, God does get angry sometimes. Enough is enough. And he'll just change. A sudden it'll happen. You think, oh my gosh, I'm trapped in this situation. I can't get out because. And you start reasoning why you can't get out of some situation. But God can get angry. And actually, it's okay. He loves you, but love gets angry too. Love says, you know what? I've had enough of this. This isn't going to work this way. And you can move differently. So when I talk about standing, I'm not talking about standing with my back 
on poverty or sickness or some relationship issue or some negative. I'm talking about standing and focusing on God and asking God for his help. He's coming closer and closer. Why? Because we're coming closer and closer. We are. Aren't we getting more dependent on God than we've ever been before? We are. We're much more dependent. Well, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. You are the air we breathe. We just acknowledge you right now in Jesus' name. Teach us to pray. Teach us when we stand forgiving, being forgiving. Teach us. Teach us what it means. Teach us what it means. Teach us what it means. Help us to come into our potential. Huh? That's what we're all kind of feeling at the moment. We want our potential. We want to stand firm, but we want to come into our potential and stop doing the stupid things we do that our flesh, our body, our mind, our flesh does. Nobody's interested. Doesn't build anybody up. Yeah, and I do love chosen. I love the fact that God has chosen me. And I have to tell myself sometimes, because quite often people won't. And the way people see you is not the way God sees you. You're not this or that. You're what God says you are. You are a warrior in the making. You are a warrior in the making. God fills your mouth with laughter. The other day I was just, I don't know, laughing. Because I suddenly saw God laughing in the kitchen. I don't know. Rob was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, I don't know. I'm just laughing. You know, because I was just laughing. Because this is so temporary, so subject to change. He's filling my mouth with laughter. And it's not that I want those who hate me to be clothed in shame, but they will be because I belong to God. I belong to God. So when you close your eyes and when you go home, who was standing there before God? Who were you? Were you dead to your old nature and alive to Christ? I sure hope so. Amen. Amen. So stand firm. Do you want to come and share that prophecy, Abby? Do you want to read that? Abby and Rod felt that we should hear what Steve had to say last week. He's been such a big brother to me. Come and read it out if you want. And listen, because you wage a good warfare by the prophecies that have gone on before you. And actually, maybe we'll get it put up on the Facebook. Okay, Okay, this was um, last week, Steve, um, prophecy he gave us started with may the truth of the word of god and the liberty of the spirit guide you to the victory of christ and he says you're a governing church commonwealth a collection of the nations to govern the earth he says i have given you this house a commonwealth a governing authority 
to call forth things which be not as though they were, to decree things the way they should go, to declare things that they are so. I call you as a people. I lift you out of the misery that you have suffered because suffering is part of the breaking off of soulish, selfish, fleshy agendas and abilities. And now I raise up my Christ within you. I call you each, individual members, again to move back and forth as you rise up again. And I will give you every prayer that I have unctioned you to pray. I want you to recount the prayers you have prayed, the visions you have seen, to recollect the sounds that you have heard, and I want it to become, again, the voice of hope, the confession of your hope in my presence. Pour out your journals, find your promises. There's nothing I have spoken that I'm not planning to do. And there's nothing I uttered out of my mouth that I won't complete. Whether you were 70 when I spoke, it doesn't matter. My son is eternal, and my words are settled forever, and they are powerful. There is a great race upon this land, and a great race upon this house. I break you free. My son Jesus makes you free. He is the freedom giver. By the Holy Spirit you are sealed. Not only this, but you also have an inheritance. We who believe and have heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and believe in Jesus, have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And he is the guarantee of the inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. It's so good. So we'll get it typed out and someone will help us put it up on, or Abby will do it if she has time, put it up on the Commonwealth Church Facebook page. So, um, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good that the whole, that in our thinking, there's a corporate mindset here, which says, well, what does God say? And we go into the word. We're a word and spirit church. We're not just the word, but you're not going to do much in the spirit if you don't know the word. You know, but there again, you're not going to do much knowing a lot of word and not doing anything with it. You've got to be a doer of the word. So we read our Bibles. We speak our Bibles. We stand the ground. You know, and we talk to God, and he answers us. I had such a good time Monday morning with him, such a good time, because there was so much warfare, and I thought, blow this. I, I need to pray for you. Yeah, no, just come. Um, I kept looking, yeah. Because God's given you victory, and God's given you the victory, but it's been really tough, not just because I know, but because it's a tougher one to take. And I was in Parliament the other day, and I started praying for Brexit. And one of the ladies said, well, that was a big 
lot to take on. And I thought, no, it's not. And I just feel like you've been saying it's too much for you, and it isn't. It's not. No, it isn't. So, Father, we thank you for an anointing upon her in Jesus' name to bring all things into subjection and to enjoy the life that you've given her in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. The very, the very air that she breathes wherever she goes, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father. Sometimes it hurts so deep. People don't have a clue what you believe, how you keep your mouth shut. But, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for such strength, for such strength that she's making progress on her high places. You're making progress, the Lord says. You are making progress on your high place. You think you're in that alone, but you're not in it alone. And I thank you, Father. I thank you that this church and this group of people, Father, is being raised up to be a well, a blessing. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for extraordinary strength, extraordinary strength coming straight from you, Father. You've gifted her. It's not that we're into gift projection. Oh, God, have mercy. Yeah. But that we are seeing that we need to thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this voice in the wilderness. I thank you and I praise you. Come on, I just need to do this. Oh, I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Her head is covered in the day of battle. Her head is covered in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm not trying to draw any attention to myself, but I'm serious. Your head is covered. Um, Turn with me to Ephesians 6, because I want to do a little bit of teaching about spiritual warfare. And we can't not go to Ephesians 6. How are we doing? Okay, okay. So Ephesians 6 says in verse... uh, 10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him. Be empowered. You know, it's easy to say when we're under attack and there's so much warfare, God is strengthening me right now. It's easy to say it up here from a pulpit, but when it comes to a Monday morning or a Friday night or whatever and you're on your own, you go to God. You go to God. And Ephesians 6 is this whole whole arena of spiritual warfare. I love it. Yeah, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Listen, you'll never grow stronger than your union with God. Every time I open the Bible, I'm just amazed. I've got so many notes that I want to go and study. I really don't want to teach. I want to pray it out. I want to see it before my eyes. And God called me as a teacher and a psalmist. I don't, I struggle with that because I want God to show up. 
And uh, he knows what he's put in my heart to see in Hyde Park. He told me I'm going to see more in my day than I ever saw. And some of you know I worked for the Beatles and I saw a lot in the 60s. I saw a lot. You know, it was just different. And we're coming into a different time. We're in a different era, but we're coming into a different time where God's people are starting to govern, where they're starting to sing songs that capture the hearts of society, you know. So anyway, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him. I don't get my, I do get strength from Rod, but I get my strength from God. Come on, just tell yourself. We want to shake off and get what's real. Because so many people, they either get jealous or it's okay for you. Some of my girlfriends are well known. And one of them said to me, oh, it's okay for you. You're married. No, it doesn't mean it's okay for me. I'm married. I've got to get my strength from God. I've got to get my identity from God because my identity is in God. Get my strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. And the other day he said to me, you know, and go on to the next verse. He said, the other day he said to me, uh, you have to do what you teach. Ouch. I do. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. Listen, I don't know what he supplied you with. But he supplied me with some pretty hefty stuff. I might look like a little girl to you or an old woman. But to God, he's made me a warrior princess. I know who I am. I know I must walk amongst the rulers of the land. And I must war and be a warrior and be strong in the power of his might because of my union with him. And I must put on the armor of a heavy armed soldier. So sometimes I've gone into places without name dropping, but places high in religion. And I've walked across the floor because I know I'm supposed to rent the venue. I don't particularly want to. That's not really my kind of a thing. But then this song came up in me years ago. These boots are made for walking. They're going to walk right over you. And I started singing it, you know, and I thought, that's so irreligious. And they said, you mustn't sit in that chair. I said, I don't even like that chair, you know, move it out. What do I care? You know, religion mustn't do this and mustn't do that. You must be this way. No, I have to be who God made me to be. I have to put on the armor of a heavy armed soldier. Sometimes I remember running down the stairs and we lived in that teeny little house in Lane End. We did live there. It wasn't for three months or six months. We lived there about eight or 10 years. And I came running down the stairs one day and God said, put your helmet on. I thought, here's a way of, I'm like, I do have a helmet on. He said, no, you have a piddly little tin hat. I was like, what? And all I could see on my head was this little tin hat. He said, you need a big brimmed helmet where you're going. I was like, I wasn't planning on doing any of that. You know, you don't plan on doing any of these things and you find yourself in the situation. <clears throat> Why did I need to have a big... Because I needed to see myself differently. 
And coughing doesn't mean I have a demon. Thanks. from I don't know but somebody it doesn't mean that it means I have a cough <coughs> it means I like the window open at night I like the fresh air I grew up in Norfolk hallelujah anyway these boots are made for walking they're going to walk right over you religious spirit ley lines who cares we've got God we know how to stand Having done all, stand in the armor that God supplies. Keep going. This gets even better and better. We could just stay on this. Perhaps we'll just stay. But we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. Listen, when you're beating your drum and you're vibrating, you're not, it's not me you're fighting with or the people out here. It's spiritual. Tell yourself. It's not the people who are being mean to you. It's the spirit. It's spiritual. We're not contending with physical opponents, but against the desperate. Listen, this is what we're up against. The powers against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Jesus has conquered that realm. Sometimes I think we're frightened of these powers and principalities around Westminster or the media. Hey, they're under his feet. They might as well be under mine. And that isn't to be cocky. Yeah, come on. You need to put some things under your feet. I don't have a problem with having lavish luxury in my life because it doesn't own me. I can do without it or I can do with it. It doesn't make any difference. The only thing that's important in my life is standing the ground where he wants me to stand. He wants me to stand the ground, having done all, stand against all of this, whatever the crisis demands, and stand firmly. The other day, I was just, oh, I was so wound up. And he said, when you stand praying, forgive. Do you ever feel like God takes you to too much forgiveness? Do you ever think it's like a bit unfair? Yeah, it's a bit unfair sometimes. It's a bit like, well, why don't they forgive? Why doesn't the other person forgive? Why do I have to forgive? Because that's what he requires. See, you can't look at me like with that holy look because it won't work. Because you just have to. Let's go to the next verse. I'll read it from here. Stand there for having a grand. Tighten the truth. He's like, I don't want to forgive. Must be joking. He says, Well, I'm not going to answer your prayers. I'm like, Yes, you are. You certainly are going to answer my prayers. I'm not praying into the wind. I'm not carrying this load just to make noise. So you have to you have to go back to that for a minute. The truth. What is the truth of the situation? The truth is. God's called you into covenant relationships, into a covenant relationship with him, with your husband, with your brother, with your sister. God's called you into a covenant. See, I I still feel like we're still not quite getting it. We still have to step forward in places we haven't been before and think like God, talk like God, walk like God, be like God. 
We have to. Even if we know in our heart, even if we know in our heart, we have to tighten up this belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of integrity, integrity is a big deal with God. Because if God says it, he's going to do it. He told me, I'm going to do more. You're going to see more in your day than you ever saw. And I laughed at him. It doesn't really pay to laugh at God. I mean, that was probably, I don't know, 35, 45 years ago. It was a long time ago. And I just laughed at him. And um, I knew I shouldn't. See, the gospel is going to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. So you should ask for your nation. We call ourselves the Commonwealth Church. So let the inheritance of the Commonwealth come from our praying. Let it come. Come on. There's some kind of black wedge there that has to go. We have to become who God has intended us to become in Jesus' name. We have to stand the ground. This is a bit about warfare this morning because standing the ground is also, if you're you're not looking at your problems and you're looking at God and you're saying, I'm coming into Purim, I'm in this season. God's Hebraic thinker. So I might as well let you work with me, work with my head, clean my thinking, cause me to think differently because if I think differently I'll act differently amen because I'm an ambassador I'm an ambassador for heaven and all of heaven backs like I said last week I think backs my destiny heaven is with me so I do want us to sing that song again I do want us to breathe in the air I want us to enjoy these Sunday mornings not because we're coming to church to give our tithes or give an offering or hear this or that. We're actually making progress. We are actually making progress. And if God has handpicked you to be more forgiving than anybody else around you, hey, okay, okay. Let's see the reward of it then. Start laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. We're moving forward in the Holy Ghost. We are. Come on, get free. Move in the Holy Ghost. I don't want to move in the natural realm. I want to do what God says to do. I don't want to stand up here like a show horse. I'm disciplined and can do it right in perfection and performance. I want it to make purpose engage. We probably haven't done it for years, the thing on the horses. But you can quickly locate who you are. There's plenty of pleasure horses in Hyde Park. They'll do anything for a lump of sugar. (laughs) Sorry. But many of the body of Christ are just pleasure horses. They do things for nothing, for a bunch of sugar. And then you get these better groomed horses, the show horses. They can perform. They can do a great sermon. I don't know where I was recently. Oh, yes, I do. I just remembered, but I shouldn't say that. But it was such a show horse presentation. It was perfect. I don't have those kind of people skills. I have to wait and see what God wants to do and say, and that's just the way it is with me. I know God has taken me through the hoops. I understand the 
racehorse. I understand the racehorse rushes off to China or Poland or wherever, you know, to get it right, but you don't know the language and you're really limited. But God wants you to be a war horse. It takes 14 years to become a war horse. Some of you think, oh, I'm a war horse. No, you're not, because if you think you are, you're not. It's true, though. It's true. So I know God's making me into a war horse because I know sometimes I don't feel like that at all in the face of the riot squad. <clears throat> I don't want to play tit for tat. I'm not interested in that. But, oh, God is so good. I had such a dream last night. One of my friends from Los Angeles prayed for me because I was having a struggling time yesterday afternoon. And so I FaceTimed. And she prayed I'd have a dream. And she said, oh, I just saw a big angel standing in the corner of your room. And I went, oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Because that's what happened on Monday. See, I think we're sort of frightened of opening our eyes a bit to what it means to stand. Because when you stand before God, there's all kinds of activity that goes on. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on when you actually make a stand to stand for God. So becoming a Christian is not, an easy road to follow because in conclusion to becoming a Christian, what happens is you take a stand. Whether you like it or not, you suddenly say, I'm not interested in that. That is not Christian. Huh? It's hard. Ephesians 6 is something that I think we just need to learn and know and understand. So when I had this helmet, and God said your helmet wasn't big enough, you know, he's going to give you the armor that you need. It's not going to be too hard to conquer the kingdom that he's called you to conquer, to walk in as a trophy. It's not going to be that hard, only if you make it hard. And part of standing is knowing how to back up and retreat. It doesn't mean I run away in the heat of battle. I just walk back slowly. I just back up slowly. I crush everything under my feet as I back up. Because God has called me to stand the ground. And having done all, stand. Now, some of you haven't even thought about the things that have been harassing you this week. Some of you have long-term things. Oh, gosh, some things I think they're never going to change. I do. And then I have to take those thoughts captive, and I have to go to God, and I have to pray. And I have to do things God's way, because I can't pound the ground to bring me a harvest if I haven't put any seed in it. It's kind of like the money thing. You don't keep giving you're not going to get. If you don't keep praying, you're not going to get God in on it. It's no good saying, oh, I've been this way before. I've done this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Never mind. God's just in the now. And he looks at things in the now. So, Father, we just ask you in Jesus' name, show us what we need to repent of, the way we think, the way we do things. 
Help us, Lord. There's so much to share. We don't want to stand and feel so sure that then we fall into sin. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your Holy Spirit helping us, lead us on, that we are making progress right now. You are a liar, Satan. You've always been a liar. You're the father of lies. And Lord, we thank you that you don't lie. You never lie. Never. You are leading us on. We are coming to the marriage celebration of the Lamb. We're heading for a future that's amazing. And we speak to this week and we speak to tomorrow. We speak to our future. And we thank you that our destiny aligns with the future. In Jesus' name, we say to our mountain, God is moving you. God is moving you. God is moving you. We get real. You can go ahead and come up. We get real. We're going to close, but I want us to worship some more. I want you to think about standing. I want you to think about whatever, whatever it is you've been battling, it's been in your head. It's in your head. It's all in your head. I was battling with what was going to happen at the barn, and I just thought, you know what, we'll just change the date on it, the leadership. I feel like some of you just want to come and spend time with us and ask us questions. Not that we think we know it all, but that in the last few years, we have learned a lot. Whether we liked it or not, we have learned a lot. But I want you to put on the whole armor. And I want you to see yourself in a humble way. The armor that God supplies. God's been working with me for years and years, and he's not done yet. Okay? You're a spirit being. My body has to respond, but my spirit is quite different to the way it used to be. On the inside of me is a warrior. On the inside of me is a lion. On the inside of me is an eagle. On the inside of me is a person who refuses to give up until I see what I've seen. So it's kind of a resolve. So why don't you just, I can feel the anointing of God. Why don't you just make the resolve on the inside of you? Make the resolve. You're going to be, you're going to let him change your identity during this Purim season. You're going to let him make you who he's called you to be. And your spiritual identity is going to be reflected in the natural. So we just say thank you, Father. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 